G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. On a Monday, we do like to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby. Wendy Francis is National Director of Politics at the ACL. She's back with us. Wendy, a special welcome back to 2020. Always good to be with you, Neil. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, Wendy, as usual these days, there's very, very important issues on the agenda this Mm -hmm. week. Uh, Let's start with Mm -hmm. one in the state of Queensland, Uh, The Births, Deaths and Marriages Registration Bill, the Queensland Parliament, is going to discuss this bill this week. Uh, What's your perspective Mm -hmm. from here? Yeah, so it's important for the whole country, really, because what's happening in Queensland is happening around the nation as well. And they're discussing it, as you say, this week. The bill will... Well, I I guess the, the most extreme part of this bill is that it will allow biological males to change their sex to be female by simply filling in a form. It's just a a simple form to fill in. And so, of course, you fill in that form, you're now legally known as a female, gives you access to all the female-only spaces that we have, and some of the most important female-only spaces we have are domestic violence shelters, talking about women's prisons. Um, Of course, we're talking about women's sports teams as well, and even women's gyms. We have particular gyms that are set aside for women so that they can feel comfortable being in a in a gym um, sort of you know uh, you know without men there and and this bill would change all of that uh, this was one of those sneaky ones uh, snuck through uh, on the last parliamentary sitting day of the year last year and then there was a deadline of just a couple of weeks for people to put in a public submission to this. That is a little bit sneaky, and uh, and, and now that's uh, that's coming to, uh, to an understanding here that they're about to make some deliberations this week. Absolutely. The deadline that they gave was the 11th of January. Most people are still um, in holiday mode on the 11th of January, and as you say, the bill was introduced on the last parliamentary sitting day. This just shows um, how how um, insincere the government is about truly listening to people's opinions on this because the committee that looked at it, they actually received over, like there was over 170 submissions that opposed this bill. And we're not talking about just people of faith either. We're talking about many um, feminist groups that are opposing this bill as well, certainly people who run domestic violence shelters and women's prisons, things like that. Um, But we also had... There was close to 5,000 supporters from ACL that emailed the Premier and key leaders. So there was this, there was a strong push against it. But despite all of that, the Queensland Government has the numbers and so they are saying that they will put the mill through without any amendment at all. There are um, people in Parliament who are really opposing the bill. The Catter Party stand out in my mind as, as being some of the ones who are uh, strongly opposed to, to what I would say is an awful bill. And so we're really praying that even though the government has the numbers, it's important for for members of parliament to stand up for what is true and what is right because then, you know, when 
when we do have a change of government, we can go back and say, okay, you stood up for this. We need to wind this back because women are not feeling safe in their own spaces anymore. So we're grateful to the Catter Party, hoping that others will join them um, in opposing this bill. But it doesn't look promising because the government has the numbers and they're saying they're going to push it through um, no matter what other people say. As you say, the government has the numbers and in a state like Queensland, there is no uh, higher upper house of review. And so Mm. when the lower house in the state of Queensland uh, makes a deliberation, they vote on it, the government has the numbers, that just goes through as legislation. Sounds a little bit too easy, doesn't it? It's one of the real concerns about not having an upper house. And so the committee process is supposed to actually fix that. Neil, but when the committee process is so deaf to listening to the people, then there is no real house of review at all. The committee process was supposed to fill that position. It has failed spectacularly in this area, but in many other areas as well. So it's hard for people not to feel jaded by uh, the practice in Queensland that there is no real opportunity for people to speak into some of these really important bills. Uh, Well, let's stay with the state of Queensland and the thought of uh, governments rushing through bills because uh, there's a telehealth abortion service uh, that's being quietly rushed through the Queensland Parliament again here today too. So uh, thoughts here from you on that one, Wendy? The whole idea of abortion by telehealth is, is just abhorrent to women. Um, who care about women's safety. It is not safe for women. You cannot be adequately assessed over the phone. You can't, the doctor can't possibly know whether you are um, speaking over the phone uh, in a telehealth situation without any pressure from anybody else. You can't possibly detect um, ectopic pregnancy, for instance. You can't possibly be 100% sure of the gestational age. And so we know that uh, RU486, even on the Many people who follow this sort of um, this news that happens around AU486 would know that in the US um, they're actually reducing the availability of AU486 because they're realising how dangerous it can be for women. And so there is it six percent of women still need a surgical abortion following AU486. That's very high because we're talking about things like. Um, uterine rupture, we're talking about, I just said, ectopic pregnancy. And these these um, complications can lead to death. We're talking really serious. So women are meant to stay within two hours drive to medical care if they do take AU486. But being over telehealth, we're talking about rural women, some of whom are in communities that are not even accessible by road during the wet season in Australia, And so we're talking about women who are cut off and many of them who are young women who are wanting to take this AU486 to even hide their pregnancy from their elders um, or even their their partner or their boyfriend. And so the dangers are really clear. But despite that, the government is is, um, determined to go ahead with this. It's it's hugely concerning uh, for, for us but it should be for um, MPs as well. The other thing I'll just mention on this too, Neil, is that we've now, um, over the weekend, we discovered that there's going to be a meeting of the state and federal attorney general. So we're talking, this is Queensland that we just talked about, but the state and federal attorney generals are meeting at the end of next week 
because they're wanting to legislate um, to allow telehealth for euthanasia assessments. This is just uh, going down an incredible rabbit hole that is just uh, obviously... I don't even have to go into the complications that we would find for a euthanasia assessment, but that meeting is happening at the end of next week. It looks out of control, doesn't it? Uh, Come back to the abortion pills for a few moments because there's a controversy that is raging right now, and I know that listeners in country areas are going to appreciate this, but you've got doctors who are containing themselves to cities, and country areas can't even get a GP into their country area. And so when you've got this issue with the abortion pills, uh, a telehealth appointment, uh, you'll receive those in the mail. You're supposed to be within reach of a doctor in case something goes wrong. But if you're in a community, Mm -hmm. and this is... I'll get your thoughts here on the difference between city and country here because country people are going to be so disadvantaged, it seems to me, because they won't have a doctor access and you've gonna, you're going to have young women taking abortion pills and some of those are going to go wrong. Any thoughts here about country and city? And we know that, uh, like, absolutely, because we know that around 6% of those are going to go wrong. So it's not even a small percentage. That's, that's six in every hundred are going to go wrong. And it's the um, women in rural areas that are mostly uh, being targeted by this telehealth because obviously they're the ones who can't get to a doctor. And yet, as you say, they're not supposed to be able to even take this, this pesticide because it is a pesticide. It kills the baby inside you. They're not supposed to be able to take this unless they are within two hours of medical centre. And yet the women that are being targeted are the women who can't get to a doctor. There have been um, no clinical trials for under 18 girls. Uh, there, this is, we also know that there's um, huge uh, rates of damaging psychological impacts for women. Um, many studies have shown you know, up to 83% of women reporting that a chemical abortion actually changed them. Um, it's reporting like negative change. They're talking about anxiety and depression and drug abuse because of the chemical abortion. Um, because, Neil, you would understand that this, this person has undergone an abortion on their own, in their own home, and so they've seen the remains of their own baby and how disturbing that actually is. I mean, it, it sort of does, it highlights the horror of abortion, you'd have to say. Well, you've got the Christian position that says life is valuable. We want to preserve life. Therefore, we are pro-life, anti-abortion. And you've got governments pursuing a technological line, even an ideological line, that says, uh, well, there's this woke way of thinking about women's rights that gives uh, this abortion pill freely into their hands knowing that there will be, as you say, 6% we're going to have complications and there are going to be Mm -hmm. lives lost. Lives will be lost because of this. So when you say, Wendy Francis, uh, that a responsible course of action is to abandon telehealth abortion, how do you Mm -hmm. make that happen when the government seems to be headlong moving into this and it will cost lives? Sadly, I think it's going to take lives being lost that is going to actually turn this around, which is a terrible, terrible thing. Um, But, you know, at the same time, we don't stay quiet about this. We've seen overseas, particularly in the US, some really good advances in the pro-life movement. And I believe that we will see it here in Australia as well. But it's important that people don't remain silent. You know, we have a a March for Life in, um, in in Queensland, in Brisbane, 
coming Saturday. Uh, Cherish Life always organise that March for Life and I'll be there and I'll be speaking at it. And I encourage people, if they're in Brisbane or in South East Queensland, get to the March for Life because we can't remain silent when babies and women are being so terribly affected um, by this issue. So the March for Life is on this coming Saturday in Brisbane and uh, Mm -hmm. for listeners who want to participate in that and the encouragement here, it's one thing to say, oh, that's a very good thing if someone else is getting out on the street. This needs to have a, you know, a lot of bodies walking on the streets to make a real statement. Uh, So just pointing people to Cherish Life and no doubt there'll be some details too on the ACL website, Australian Christian Lobby. Yep. And, yep. uh, and there's so many issues. Now, this is a big one that we've been talking about for a long time, the ongoing battle for Christian schools nationwide, some recommendations from the Australian Law Reform Commission uh, placing Christian mm. schools at serious risk. What's the latest here, Wendy? So the latest is that the um, Australian Law Reform Commission, so people talk about the ALRC and that's what it is, they are due to report back to the government what they recommend by this coming Friday. Now, um, having talked to some of the people up at the Parliament, but also in the ALRC, I'm not sure they're going to be ready to actually give their report, but the report is due this Friday. It it would seem as if they have not moved away from their initial reform um, position. And so the proposed reforms that they brought out uh, in their draft document were very serious for Christian schools, but also for any religious schools. But they want to strip the religious schools' right to hire staff. That's one of the the key um, reforms that they want to bring in. They want to stop uh, Christian schools or religious schools from hiring staff who share their religious ethos, unless they say their role is specifically a religious role. So we'll be talking, they would say that it can only, you can only say, look, it needs to be a Christian staff if it's teaching religious studies or or maybe a chaplain. Um, so talking about, you know, I heard you in the introduction, you're talking about maths. Maths is just an amazing um, picture into God. Like God is so mathematical and and so, but what they would say is, no, you can't. You can't say that your math teacher needs to be a Christian, because many Christian schools want all of their staff to be Christians, not even just the teachers. They want the groundsman to be a, a Christian because they want the groundsman to be able to say, look at those, look at the creation that God has has made. You know, but the, so they want to move that away. They want to stop um, even being able to require staff to model. Uh, religious beliefs in the area of gender gender and sexuality. So they want to be able to um, stop any staff being able to um, be restrained in, in how they behave, particularly on the weekend as regards gender and sexuality. They want to uh, restrict even the ability for religious schools to address student behaviour in that area of gender and sexuality as well. And, and so um, part of it all is that they want Christian schools to to teach opposite ideas to their deeply held beliefs on, on beliefs on sexuality and gender. They want to they want to, they would say you can teach your religious beliefs but you also have to teach the opposite as well so that the students are given this broad range. And so this is really alarming um, for many Christian schools and, and I'd have to say maybe even more for the parents who send their children to Christian schools because parents are sending their kids to Christian schools because they want this teaching on sexuality and gender, but not just sexuality and gender. They want 
their kids to be taught um, to model the religious beliefs that they're actually bringing up their children at home. Um, so there's, this is this is actually an attack on parents' rights every bit as much as an attack on religious educational institutions. Isn't it amazing? Uh, we're having this conversation. Of course, uh, parents are going to be concerned about that. Some people are going to brush it aside and say, oh, well, it won't really matter. But as I will often remind people, Wendy, Christian schools are an extension of the Christian church. And so those morals, those values, they matter. Because if the church is going to be the conscience of a society and have freedom to speak when there are uh, tyranny uh, issues at hand, uh, then there needs to be a separation. And sometimes we talk about this separation of church and state. The real value, of course, is that the church has an opportunity to speak up for those who are being uh, are, are being uh, trampled under the foot of government. So this is happening now, and somehow or other, people are going to be saying, well, what do we do about this, Wendy Francis? They're going to be reporting this coming Friday. Is there anything you can do at the last minute? There is a writing campaign on the ACL website that people can find, and that's really helpful. But we are also organising groups of, of parents, teachers and students to go and visit their members of parliament and just basically say in the nicest possible way, we love our Christian school, we choose our Christian school, please don't change our Christian school. And so we are organising groups right around the country as well to do that. Because what you say about the church is so important as well, Neil, because the ALRC have made it clear that this is um, about religious schools, but they also believe that these restrictions should be placed on churches. So churches are the next in the, in the firing line for this. Next in the firing line. And uh, that writing campaign... I'll, uh, call, I'll uh, ask listeners to visit the ACL website, acl.org.au. Find out about that writing campaign. Uh, you might have a few minutes spare today and you can make your own contribution. Uh, Wendy, there's lots of good things that happen with the Christian Lobby each week. You even do Fridays with Francis, a weekly video series. That's something that people can lock into and, and get more detail on these sorts of things. I'd love people to have a look at that because we talk about some of these really important issues and we just go a little bit more in depth on the particular issue and what people can do. Um, and we, we, we also, one of the latest Fridays with Francis, we introduced um, Pastor Storytime, which is a really exciting um, initiative that is opening up for us as well. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for mentioning that, Neil. And uh, at this point in time, you're National Director of uh, Politics, but also Acting Managing Director while there's some transition happening. So uh, for listeners, to connect with Wendy Francis, acl.org.au, acl .org.au. Wendy, thank you so much for another great update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil, very much. God bless you all. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.